Informative. Educational. Insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to the Living Well Show. We are here at the Sage Summit, and I have just a wonderful guest today. He is actually a thought leader speaker for the Sage Summit this week. His name is Evan Carmichael, and he is a fascinating individual. I actually sat in on some of his sessions while I've been here. Evan, at 19, he sold a biotech software company, and at 22, he was a venture capitalist. Welcome to the show, Evan. Thanks for having me, Anne. It's a pleasure. Now, you're from Toronto, Canada? I am from Toronto, Canada. Wow. And how old are you now? How old am I now? Let's see. What year is it? Uh, I am 35. You are 35? 35, yeah. Well, you don't look 35. You look very (laughs) healthy. Oh, well, thank you. So, today, you actually work with entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, it's my passion. Your passion. What do you do with them? Um... You know, it started when I, so you talk about my first company. I was 19, I had a software company, and uh, I made all the wrong decisions that you can make as an entrepreneur. And we struggled and we failed, and I turned down, you know, six-figure jobs, starting salary at a university to do this business where I thought I'd live my entrepreneurial dream and I'm making $300 a month, can't survive, you know, beans for lunch every day, and if we ever got a new client, we'd celebrate with a win at McDonald's to get french fries. Uh, not not <laughs> even a full meal, just celebrating with French fries. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> and you know, I told my partner I quit once, and just it took everything out of me. And up until that point in my life, everything I'd done, I had success with. If I if I applied myself, I worked hard, I would have success. And here I was, like busting my hump, like nobody's business, and I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, and I found my path, and and I hit like rock bottom, and I found a new way to stand. We we turned that around, and. Um, my passion then became helping other entrepreneurs avoid uh, <laughs> the struggle as much as possible, um, continue to believe in themselves, continue to have the motivation to keep going. And um, I just love seeing an entrepreneur who's dedicated to what they're doing and knowing that what I've said has touched them and helped them and they're going to take that and go apply it to help make the world a better place somehow. So when you were 19 and you had the biotech software company and then you sold it, yeah, it, it, you had to have made it successful. Yeah, we did. It. Yeah, yeah. So we started off not successful, <laughs> obviously, um, and uh, and I hit rock bottom. And I remember I told my partner I quit, and uh, it was at a family event. And and after I told him I quit, you know, I just remember crying my eyes out. Uh, my mother came up to me and put her put her hand on my shoulder, and, and uh, I don't even remember what she said, but you know. Tears are coming out of my eyes. Stuff is kind of my nose. It was like one of the worst days of my life because I was never a quitter. Like in anything I did, uh, I don't. I didn't want to be a quitter. And the next day, I woke up and said, "You know what? I got to do this. I got to. I got to find a way to do it." But what I've been doing so far isn't working. Like it is not working. Obviously, we got to find a different way to stand. And the big realization that um, that I found was, I'm not the first guy to try to sell software before. So instead of trying to come up with all of the creative ideas and how to market myself, I'm just going to look at who has had success and see how can I model them. So I looked up to Microsoft and McAfee and Intuit, all kind of big companies in the software space. And I don't care how Bill Gates makes an extra million dollars now, right? Like, right. 
not relevant. But how did he go from zero to one? Like, how did he make that first million? That's what I wanted to do as an entrepreneur. And so I started researching these famous entrepreneurs who were in my field and learned their early success secrets and started applying them to my business. And uh, Microsoft's one was partnerships. They always made partnerships to get into new businesses. Uh, their big one came with IBM, where every IBM computer shipped Microsoft software. That was what put Microsoft on the map, that partnership. But Microsoft is already a $7 million business when they made that deal with IBM. So that, that's not a huge company, but that's not a nothing company. I would take a $7 million business. I'm, I'd be good with that. And how did they get to $7 million? Partnerships with other companies, smaller companies. And so I started applying that strategy to my business. And um, within a month, closed my first deal, which was $13,500, which isn't a lot of money. No, but, but it is for you where you were. Yeah, yeah. For, for a guy making 300 bucks a month, $13,500, I felt like I won the lottery. Um, it was such an amazing day. And looking back on it, it's just, um, it still, you know, makes me happy. Um, and more than that, I had a strategy to now do more of those kinds of deals, right? So I closed other deals and other deals and, and built our business. And we started landing NASA as a client and Johnson Johnson as a client. We had customers in 30 countries and we started to grow and got recognition in our industry. Um, and eventually kicked up so much noise and started growing so fast that we got acquired by um, California-based business. Uh, and so that became this rapid path of success, mostly by just following what worked for Bill Gates and Microsoft and a strategy that I hadn't thought of myself. And, and now whenever I'm looking at new ideas, I always try to think, who can I model? Right, like who can I model to have success? You know, if I wanted to start a radio show, I'm looking up, I'm gonna look up your show, right? Awesome. I'm gonna be following and learning the tricks um, because you don't wanna try to create every, you, you can't come with all the years yourself. And so if you can model what's already worked for other people, you're learning from their decades maybe of mistakes and avoiding them to have success yourself. And so that message, um, I just stumbled on. Right, I didn't. I was never taught that. My parents were entrepreneurs. I didn't have an uncle Joe who had a business who could teach me. I didn't learn anything in school about entrepreneurship, and so I, I, I luckily stumbled on that by just being at my absolute worst day of my life, and I thought this is such a powerful concept that I want to help share that, and I want other entrepreneurs to learn that. And I want to try to be a force for good, so they don't have to go through all the terrible things that I had to, and just the soul crushingness. Yeah, soul crushingness. <laughs> of yes. running the business and not getting success. And so that's what drives me forward. Well, and yesterday I sat in on your session, haters are going to hate. Yeah. And it, it, it was social media when you get a bad review on social media for your company or your business. Right. And it was truly phenomenal, all the things that you had. But it was very simple, the steps that you take. And you've been there, apparently. Yeah. I've I got, can just assume I, I, that. No, I've got a lot of haters. Um Hater, haters are going to hate. Haters are going to hate. And, you know, one thing I found is the more you are on a path to do something big, the more you want to try to have a positive impact, the more you're going to get people who love what you're doing and want to be a part of it. And the more you're also going to get people who who hate on you. And uh, yeah. they just these are people who don't like their own life. You know, they don't have a positive upbringing and they just lash out on the world and they've attached themselves to you. You know, I like to think of entrepreneurs as gladiators. We're gladiators. We get up every day. We train, we fight, we go to the ring, we take on the competition. You know, we get our cuts and bruises and scratches and we get back up another day and we go fight. And, and we're often in the public arena where people can judge us by our mistakes and our success as well. 
and I see the haters. I call them the little man. I see the little man as he's the guy up in the in the audience. He's coming to watch the fight, you know, and he'll he'll boo you when you make a mistake, and he'll tell jokes to his buddies, and he'll throw tomatoes at your face, because he's too afraid to go live his dream and get in the ring and do something powerful for himself. And so instead of doing something great on his own, he's gonna try to tear down other people who are trying to do something great. And um, the sad part is, a lot of that little man mentality holds people back from doing great things because they're worried how they're gonna get judged. Right. And they operate out of a space of fear instead of trying to do something really powerful and positive. Um, and so, there's a number of strategies on how to deal with the haters, how to deal with the little man. You also have to deal with the internal little man, you know, the, the guy in your head saying, don't do that, you know, play it safer. Um, and I, I believe that that, you know, really holds a lot of people back from doing great things with their business and their life. Well, this morning, did you go to the early session, the keynote, mm. you know, Brandy? Awesome. And from Lolly Wally, the, the, she was a She's a clothing company, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, she was saying that social media is how they built their business, but social media can also be heartbreaking when people lash out at you. Yeah. When you're trying to run your company, you've got to make some business decisions. Like if someone's just not working out and you have to let them go. Yeah. And, but especially in a small town like her, they would lash out and try to destroy them through social media. Yeah. And so she, she was very authentic when she was talking about it being heartbreaking. Yeah. The one thing to keep in mind is that uh, you will have way more supporters who are who are silent than you will have haters who are this tiny minority of people who just make themselves heard. Um, on my YouTube channel, as an example, I showed a slide yesterday where I took the past 28 days of stats and we had like 20,000 plus thumbs ups on the videos and 400 thumbs downs on the videos. So already that's a huge oh, gap. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at those 400 thumbs downs, you're going to have like 1% of them, maybe four people who are really like vocal and, you know, just want to try to make people's lives miserable. And so it's such a small number compared to the people who love what you're doing. And, you know, especially if you're trying to do something powerful and good and positive. I believe most entrepreneurs are on a mission to not just make money, but try to have an impact and provide for the community. Um, and it's hard to keep that. It's hard to keep all the good things in mind. Like you can, you can pass over a hundred great comments and there's that one comment that just sticks yeah. in your gut that that person kind of attacked you and that's the one you go home thinking about and you push away all of the great stuff. And so it's constantly reminding yourself that, hey, we're doing something important and you will never get no haters. The only way to get no haters is, is to have people not care at all about your business. To and not you, make an impact. Zero. It's apathy. Yeah. So... You know, you don't want haters, you're, gonna have, you're not going to have any supporters either. And that's another problem a lot of entrepreneurs face is that they're so worried about haters, they're so worried about sharing their opinion that they play it safe. You know, they, they, they're like a you know, political candidate who doesn't want to offend anybody. And as a result, nobody cares. And right. you get no reaction on the tweets you're putting up, no, no shares, no thumbs ups, no, you know, referring people. You get no action. And that's actually most entrepreneurs, they get zero engagement on their social channels because you're not giving them anything that's worth engaging with. Your t-shirt says, Evan Carmichael, believe. Yeah. And you've got such an incredible presence about you and you're such a happy, jolly person. The session was so enjoyable with both both of you guys that taught it last night. What yeah. other sessions are you doing here at the Sage Summit? Uh, I'm doing one later this afternoon talking about building a customer-centric 
organization. So how to focus on uh, making sure you listen to your customers and, and build a business around it. So how do you become a speaker at the Sage Summit? Do they just hear about you and get so excited about you, what you do in your business? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of different ways, I guess, to get noticed and stand out. My personal way is I like to kick up a lot of noise in my industry. <laughs> uh, you may not believe it, but I'm, I'm a pretty introverted guy. Um, that is hard to believe. I know, <laughs> but it's true. Like, I am not the guy. I don't talk to, the, to my taxi driver. I don't talk to the person next to me on the airplane. I don't network. I'm, uh, I don't enjoy it. I'm not good at it, and I don't want to be good at it. I'm okay with understanding my strengths and what I'm good at. I love people, but um, I end up doing things like this. We do radio shows. I do speeches, and people end up coming to me, and we have conversations. But I'm not the networker out there like saying, hey, you guys got to go visit my website. Um, so, you know, the business focus on me being that salesperson, I would fail. Luckily, there's a lot of other ways to build a brand and to be successful. And my chosen way is to provide amazing content in my space. Um, so right now I'm all in on YouTube. I'm focusing a lot of efforts on my YouTube channel. I'm doing two videos a day, moving to three videos every day. Um, and I, I've built up a community and it's the fastest growing channel in the entrepreneur space on YouTube. And so because of that, people take notice. Entrepreneurs take notice, brands take notice, Sage takes notice, and people reach out to me and say, hey, we'd like to have you come and be a speaker. It helps that I'm in a visual medium. Yes. If you want to be a speaker, you, you need to have videos of yourself, right? If you're just a writer, then it's you might be invited to write for other websites, but you're not going to be invited necessarily to be a speaker at an event. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to do it. I don't want to say mine is the only right way, but again, my approach has been show a lot of video, show me speaking, and just produce amazing content on a regular, consistent basis and build up a name for yourself so you get invited to places like this. Which is what you said yesterday about content being important on your website. Um, and if you are doing three videos a day, okay, I'm going, how do you do three videos a day? That's insane, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is insane and nobody's doing it um, with the team, you know, with the team and me getting better. Uh, when I started, it was me, just me. It took me, you know, a whole day to do one video, just record it. Um, I was not fantastic on camera. Um, I would take my DSLR and set it up and I'd have to have uh, what somebody on my team or my, or my sister come and just like focus it and then leave the room because I couldn't talk with anybody That's hilarious. in the room. Uh, and so I got better, right? I've done 2,500 videos now. Whoa. And so with practice, you get better. Like your radio show, I'm sure the first one isn't as oh. good as you are now. And so anything, entrepreneurs expect to kill it on the first try where mm -hmm. It's never the case. You want to ride a bicycle, you want to learn French, you want to be a good speaker. You will suck at the start. That's part of the process and you continue to get better and better and better with practice. And so don't have these huge expectations on yourself. Um, so I started off sucking, making one video a month and then it became one video a week and then it became a video every day and I hired an editor because I was making Very some important. money, making some money from the channel. We love our editors. Uh, I had an editor to help me because I realized my talents are not best spent editing. If I could be more in front of the camera, that's where I enjoy being. Um, and so at the start though, I did it my, like I'm a believer in bootstrapping. I don't go out and get money to spend on things. Cause you could, I could have done that. I could have got all the gear, hired all the team and then realized, oh, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this. And then mm. you're sitting there with, you know, a garage full of gear and entrepreneurs do that. I'm going to start a t-shirt company. So right. they go out and they buy all these t-shirts and it sits in their garage or sits in their closet. So I'm a huge believer in starting small and, and building up 
Um, and so it was all me at the start. The first person I hired was an editor. That let me move to a video per day. And then the second person I hired was a researcher. So again, that freed up my time in researching and allowed me to do more work. And that was a part-time researcher. That let me do two videos a day. And now I'm moving to three videos a day and I moved the researcher to be full-time and I hired a second editor to help me edit all these videos that are coming out. So what did the researcher do? The researcher is doing a lot of background information. So um, some of the content, for example, you know, what really helped me in my business, my biotech software company, was the modeling success, right? right? Finding famous entrepreneurs like Bill Gates and learning from them. And so I wanted to take that message and help make it easy to model success and make it digestible. Because right now, if you wanted to model somebody's success, you're going to have to buy their book and read the whole thing and like take out the 10 things that might be applicable to you. Or maybe you come to an event or, you know, you pay for coaching or whatever. But um, instead of having to read an entire book, I wanted to take some of that content and distill it through my eyes. It's like my lens on that person and share those lessons in kind of quick bits for people. One to motivate them and one to give them concrete ideas that you can try in your business. That takes a lot of work, yeah, you know, to do that. Wonderful though, wonderful. Research on all those entrepreneurs takes a lot of work and to be able to deliver it in a way that is, you know, in a five minute video, it's gotta be super tight, super compact. A lot of entrepreneurs even aren't great at telling their own story. I'm sure if you've interviewed guests, right. they get long-winded and they can't tell their story quickly. Um, and so that's part of what we do in the channel. And, and I love doing that because doing the research um, <laughs> inspires you. me, right? Oh, yeah. But but. It still wasn't what I love. Like, I love more being on camera and telling the story. So today when we, uh, they had the conversation with Chad Hurley this morning mm -hmm. with YouTube, the YouTube creator. Yeah, yeah, YouTube founder, yeah. And he was talking about, need, he, you know, what's next, what he'd like to do yeah. later, um, more editing services and things yeah. like that. Did you relate to that talk real well? Uh, I love Chad. I met him backstage before the presentation went on. That was awesome. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm in awe of what he created. You know, YouTube has changed the world. Yeah. Uh, impacted so many different industries. Um, it's great that he's on, moving on to something else that he's really passionate about, really excited about. Um, I'm sure my video editor might be excited by his new, you know, program oh, yeah. that he's coming out <laughs> with. <laughs> I think it's great for people who aren't editors because it's just becoming easier now to be able to edit your own stuff. Like it's a, it's a limiting factor for a lot of entrepreneurs where they feel like I want to be on YouTube, but I don't know how to edit. Um, and so anything that makes that easier is fantastic. Uh, but you know, where I'm at now, I guess it's, I have an editor. So now I'm worried about well, how do I get better? How do we produce more content that people can relate to on YouTube? So what do you call yourself then? Because you found a niche, right? Yeah. Where, and I guess in Toronto, do they call it a niche or do they call it a uh, niche? Both, both, <laughs> both works. <laughs> yeah, because you, your whole thing is to help entrepreneurs be more successful, do it faster, easier, and you're providing that. So Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, so I'm based in Toronto. My audience is mostly American because the nature of social is that there's way more Americans than Canadians. Um, it's hard. What I've, what I've done is I just, I say I believe in entrepreneurs. And that opens a discussion. You know, somebody says, what do you do? Well, what do I say I do? I have a website, I have a YouTube channel, I have a book, I've got... So I like, I prefer just saying, I believe in entrepreneurs. If you look at my Twitter bio, it just says, Evan Carmichael, I believe in entrepreneurs. And I find it just opens up a conversation. And then wherever people want to take it, like if I'm talking to you, you'll have one interest, we'll take it in one way. And somebody yeah. else will have something else to take it that way. And um, I find it's just a cool conversation starter and I go from there. This morning, Karen Baker, 
the okay. I think it was Baker, the ambassador, the government's ambassador for small businesses. She was sitting in between Jane Seymour and Brandy. Okay. She was the one from the UK. Okay. Did you see that? Uh, the the Baroness. Yes, the yes. Baroness. She's yeah, a yeah. Baroness. How did I miss that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brady, Brady. Brady, Karen. Brady. Brady. That's it. Yeah. I should know that. She's I amazing. Think, oh, I amazing. know she was amazing and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And incredibly strong. Yeah. You know, confident. Yeah, I was pretty blown away. She described what she believed an entrepreneur was. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Cause I don't think I've ever. You know, you think of entrepreneur, you think somebody starting a business. Yeah. But she said a great entrepreneur is someone who takes risk. Well, first they, they have an, an idea and they understand what the need is and then they move forward and they put their own money in. She, she very much was defining it and then yeah. t- and they take risk. Yeah. And, um, and they have the skin in the game kind of, you know. Um, but yeah. she was, she, I'd never heard anybody kind of define it to how, how to be a great entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, I believe 90% of America wakes up and drives to the job that they hate, you know, and people are living for the weekends and living for the yeah. evenings and uh, they're too afraid to follow their passion and do what they're actually excited about. And so they're waiting for the weekends to just get away and wait, can't wait for that next vacation to come up. And, and that's not a way to, in my view, to live. Uh, it's not a way to con- have a positive impact on society and it's not a way to be a happy person. And it's not good for your health. And it's not good for your health. It's true. And, and, uh, Everybody has an idea. Everybody has an idea and maybe multiple ideas. And you've thought about, oh, I wish I could do that. And then you never actually take any action on it. And I think that's what makes a difference where the entrepreneurs are the ones who actually take some kind of action. And it doesn't mean, you know, I'm not in the camp that says you have to quit your job and go all in mm-hmm. and burn all your bridges and, you know, throw over your boss's desk or whatever. Uh, <laughs> like the movies. Like <laughs> that's true. I think you can start part-time as long as you're making sure that you're doing things every day, like half an hour at least every single day. Keep growing your business. Ideally, you're in a job where you're learning to be a better entrepreneur as well. You're not just taking some McDonald's job. You know, you're, t- you're doing a job where if you want to be a radio show host, then maybe you start off as an intern at a radio show network, right? So you're learning the business. You're getting paid to make mistakes. And you don't give up. And I, I think that was one of the things that um, yeah. Karen had said yeah. is that, you know, you are going to fail. Um, maybe a lot, but she even said that, you know, I, and I'm, I'm, I think it was her, the, the importance is to never give up, to keep going and keep going, tweak it kind of, you know, and keep going. Um, so for you, you've had ideas that you didn't implement, I guess, because I know I have. Sure. And yeah. I hear every, you know, all the really top speakers here today saying that. And I think, you know, I've had so many. And when I haven't done anything with them, eventually somebody else comes out with it. Yeah. And I always think, you know, it's weird. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. if God gives you the idea and you don't do anything with it. Yeah. He's going to give it to somebody else. Yeah. It's really weird. And so um, anything for you that you just wish that you had done? Uh, no, I don't have a lot of regrets. Um, I have a list of to do's, I guess, a list of ideas. But I'm not the kind of person who's like, I wish I could do this in five years. As soon as I start having that conversation internally, I'm just the kind of guy who will just start doing it. Even if I don't know how it's going to work out. Um, I hate living with regret. Um, And I think back to Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon.com. And when he started, he he was a VP at an investment bank and was like on the path, fast track, youngest ever VP at the company, you know, going to be the C-suite. And he left it all to start an online business called Amazon.com at a time when people thought 
You're nuts. Like, what are you doing? Who's going to buy books online? You're, this is ridiculous. Why would you do this? And he said he didn't want to live in regret. He didn't want to live with the thought, like, what if I did that? Yeah. And that would haunt him. So he, he tries to think back to, like, he's 70 years old. He's looking back on his life. Would he be happy with the decision that he made now? And he felt like he could always go back and get a job in an investment bank, and he had to go try this. And that applies to business. That applies to your life. That applies to anytime you have that little voice to say, oh, I want to do it, but I'm afraid. I find it helpful to think, okay, if I'm 70, I'm looking back at my life at this moment right now, would I regret not making this decision? Well, yeah. And I think that fear is good in that it does keep you working hard. You know, if you're not afraid, like if you're not afraid for the show today, then you don't prepare. Yeah. Um, and so, there, the, you know, fear is helpful. And I think that the people, some people who are not afraid, they don't do things well. They don't prepare well. They're not professional enough. And so I think that that extra energy is good for you, right? But it can also paralyze you. And I and they call it courage. You're afraid, but yeah. you go ahead and go forward. Yeah. And I know, I looked at your bio. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Look what he did <laughs> at 19 and at 22. It's just amazing. And so it's very motivating for people to hear. Now, how do people get a hold of you? They You talked about your YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, my website is evancarmichael.com. If you just Google Evan Carmichael, you'll find... Evan Carmichael. Twitter and YouTube and all that stuff. <laughs> Car Michael. Car Michael. Two words together. Yeah. Yeah. And y- your YouTube channel too. Yeah. And okay. So that is if they want to build a business and can get a lot of information from you. Now, what if they live near you in Toronto or around there? Uh, yeah. I, I have meetups. I have a mastermind group that we connect once a month with local entrepreneurs and I try to help them and grow their businesses. Um, it's interesting you're in a mastermind group because that is the thing, right? I hear it a lot. Yeah. Um, so mastermind means what? Uh, mastermind is basically acknowledging that you don't have all the answers and you want to connect with like-minded people who share a similar vision to you of wanting to have a positive impact on the world, but um, not, not, uh, not pretending like you know the answer to everything and every question. Uh, and so getting together on a regular basis and helping each other out. That is wonderful. And thank you so much for listening to Evan today. If you would like to know more about my show, go to our webpage at voiceamerica.com. Living Well is the show, and I'm Ann Beal. Or you can email me at ablivingwell at gmail.com. Or you can go to facebook.com slash voiceamerica. Thanks for listening in. Informative. Educational. Insightful. You're listening to voiceamerica.com.